And the beauty of Airbnb is that has become a, a name that is associated with an entire industry, right? That to me is always a big sign as to like, the industry is not going anywhere now because the name of a company has become a synonymous for an entire industry. But a vacation rental is pretty much anything that you can rent short-term, you can do from as little as a night. Um, I tend not to do that short of a stay. I do three to four night minimums just because it's not worth it for us to try to turn over units that quickly. Um, and then you host people for any periods of time. Um, now, what we're seeing in the industry is that we're seeing a big trend of medium to long-term stays. So people that come down for vacations, but they're also working and they want to work remote. So they stay for a month to two months to three months. Welcome to Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Tali, where we focus on the deals. Our guests are real estate closers who will share in detail the whole process from finding a deal to closing it, as well as strategies and tips to help you do the same. Here is your host, Annette Tali. Welcome to another episode of Real Estate Deal Closers. I am your host, Annette Lee, and my guest today is my dear friend, Emmanuel Pani. Welcome, Emmanuel. Hey, Annette. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. appreciate it. I'm very excited to have you today. You know, we've been friends already for two years. It's been wow. incredible how time flies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, this is an example of when you attend meetups and you become friends with people that invest in your area. You know, I joined your meetup because I wanted to start networking with people that were doing real estate. And, you know, I've been going, you know, most of the meetings for the past, you know, two years. So then you, you become friends. So this mm -hmm. is an excellent way to network with people in your area. Yeah. And it's been absolutely great to watch you grow over the last couple of years. I, I absolutely, you know, there's a lot of people that come and go, um, but there is a few that actually choose to make a difference in their own life. And, and so you're one of those people that I've seen really grow a lot over the last couple of years. So it's been, it's been awesome. Thank you, my friend. All right, for those that don't know Emmanuel, let me tell you a little bit about him. He was born and raised in Sardinia, Italy, and came to America at 15 to fulfill his American dream. He is a real estate expert and entrepreneur with experience in investments, real estate sales and acquisitions, and professional Airbnb hosting and management. He is the co-star of STR Secrets, a podcast that focuses exclusively on short-term rentals, as well as being one of the partners in Domu Private Investments, a rapidly growing investment group that focuses on investing in middle America. In his free time, Emmanuel enjoys traveling, reading, learning, cooking, working out, and spending time with his wife and pets. <laughs> awesome, my friend. So tell me, how did you get into real estate? Yeah, so it was completely by accident. Um, I graduated college in 2010. Um, I had a degree in accounting and finance, went to um, a university in Geneva, Switzerland, um, wanted to be a Wolf of Wall Street. So I went to Switzerland, did um, finance and management, wanted to start working on Wall Street. Uh, and then at that time, Wall Street was closed, right? Like banks were in big trouble, so they wasn't working out um was just out of a relationship <laughs> out of college and so i was kind of there couldn't find the job that i wanted didn't have a great time with my ex-girlfriend anymore so i'm like okay maybe it's time to and as a good italian boy i went back home 
right? So my mom and sister were living here in Boca. Uh, they were living in a fully furnished apartment um, right next to a tennis academy because my little sister uh, used to play a lot of tennis, which was a vacation rental, right? And when I went there, uh, it was December 18, 2010. Um, I met the gentleman that was running the office and I went in there asking, them, asking him for something. And he's like, oh, you are Ana Maria San. Welcome back. What are you doing? I'm like, well, nothing. I just graduated college. He's like, look, it's our, it's our busy season. It's, it's winter time. Um, I'm an Orthodox Jew, so I can't work on the weekends. Um, so I need somebody to just answer the phone. Your English is great. Uh, and then just take care of things during the weekend when we're not working. Are you interested in, in, in working? I was like, sure. Right. And that was my beginning. So I started in real estate as a uh, weekend guy slash maintenance guy. Um, and then just kind of started working my way up, up from there. About a year later, he made me the, the only manager of the entire community, um, which was a 40 unit apartment complex. Uh, and then fast forward now, 10 years later, I own 39 out of the 40 apartments. Um, and, and we still run the day-to-day -day operations with my team. And um, yeah, I have a real estate team. I have a property management business, um, the investment business with John. And then I, I love doing things like this, right? Podcast, Clubhouse, I'm a lot on, on Clubhouse and, uh, and doing the STR Secret Podcast with Mike to really help people. Our intentions with it, Mike had a full-time job before that. And through vacation rentals, he was able to retire himself, his wife, and his mom. Um, so we just like sharing that because it has given us a lot of freedom um, over the years. And it's such a readily available way of investing um that why not right absolutely absolutely and that is an amazing story from st starting with a, a yes you said mm -hmm. yes to an opportunity that took you to first working then managing then eventually buying most mm -hmm. you know most of the building so that's that's yeah. amazing and you know i was just sharing my story with somebody today earlier and it was everything started with a yes to a job as a property manager you know i was seven months pregnant and i said yes i want to do it and mm -hmm. you know that changed my life so yeah. awesome yeah a lot of the times that the yes is what's needed right and then, you know, you, you'll see where that leads, but it's, it, it usually has a purpose, you know? Yeah. And you had no experience doing no, management maintenance. I had no experience doing management whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Right. And what the best way to learn what you get paid, like, even if you don't like it, at least you didn't waste your time and you got paid. Right. Mm -hmm. But you yeah. know, that one word, yes, changed everything. Yeah. And it was a great lesson for me in understanding property, right? So in, in I look at it as a blessing. Um, at the time, I was really annoyed at some of the tasks that I had to do uh, because I, I don't know, I thought with a college degree out of college, I was going to be doing other things than plunging a toilet and painting things and picking up garbage, right? But that was the reality of it. But now I know looking at my business, how long it takes to do certain things what is required to do certain things, what the cost of it is to do certain things. So really looking back, one of my mentors always tells me that life happens for us at all times, no matter what's going on, right? So it's really understanding anything that you're in right now, there is a purpose for it eventually, right? Mm -hmm. So that maintenance job, the scene beneath me was actually the great beginning of what has now been my real estate journey. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Real Estate Deal Closers, Special Edition. So today we have an amazing show. It's a special edition of the show. And we're going to talk about Airbnb. Uh, you know, you have, you know, this, you have this amazing business of vacation rentals. And I think, um, you know, it's been getting very popular in the last years. Uh, but I think more after COVID now than more than ever, uh, people are using Airbnb more than hotels, you know, and the, I think the business, even though it took a little bit of a break at the at when COVID started, I think now is booming. And, uh, you know, and I think a lot of people still don't know about it and they don't know about all the options that they have. It's not just one way to do it. There is many options. So, so let, let's start, you know, for people that don't know, uh, what's Airbnb or really short-term rentals? Yeah. So vacation rentals are not, are not new, right? Like we have had vacation rentals our whole life. If you look back at your own family vacations, chances are that if you didn't have a summer home, you were renting somebody's home, which was a vacation rental has become very popular. So Airbnb started in like 2008. And the beauty of Airbnb is that has become a, a name that is associated with an entire industry, right? That to me is always a big sign as to like, the industry is not going anywhere now because the name of a company has become a synonymous for an entire industry. But a vacation rental is pretty much anything that you can rent short term, you can do from as little as a night um, I tend not to do that short of a stay. I do three to four night minimums just because it's not worth it for us to try to turn over units that quickly. Um, and then you host people for any periods of time. Um, now, what we're seeing in the industry is that we're seeing a big trend of medium to long-term stays. So people that come down for vacations, but they're also working and they want to work remote. So they stay for a month to two months to three months. Um, and there's a couple ways. So if you're listening to this, you're like, okay, that sounds great. Um, how does that apply to me? Right? So there's a couple ways that you can do vacation rentals. Obviously the easiest one, if you have the money as any kind of real estate is that you, you go ahead and buy it. Right? So you buy a property for yourself and, and you run it as your, as your vacation home. Um, you have to use it for at least, I think it's like two weeks out of the year to qualify it as a vacation home instead of renting it 100% of the time. And that way you can buy one, get your feet wet and seeing if this is something that is worth it for you. Um, I love that avenue for people that do have the money and they want to buy a vacation home that doesn't necessarily cost them any money, right? That maybe either breaks even or makes them a little bit of money. So what's the requirement? How many weeks do you have to live there? Two weeks. Two weeks. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, for a vacation home. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. So that's, that's one of the ways, obviously. Number two is if you are in, in real estate already and you have some experience, you can go the route of, of co-hosting or Airbnb management, right? So that's pretty much regular property management service, but you're, you're focused on, on the vacation rental space and you manage the property for an individual industry rates. They are usually between 20 to 30%. And you just run it, take care of the guests, take care of guest communications, take care of coordinating cleaning service, supply runs, and everything else. And number three, which is one of the, the things that's gotten really popular right now, um, because it's the equivalent to wholesaling, right? Is the, is the wholesaling for Airbnbs, which is rental arbitrage. So what rental arbitrage is, let's say I go to Annette, I know she has a lot of units, and I go like, hey, Annette, 
can I rent one of your units and I'm going to go ahead and, and get it furnished and then sublease it on Airbnb. And then what you want to do is you make the spread, right? So you make the difference. The hope is that you're making between what you're paying a net and the cost of utilities and everything else that you're doing, you're making some of that spread, some of that money. Um, is there a minimum requirement that like your goal to make it worth? I, I wouldn't touch anything that is like less than five or $600 a month. Okay. Right. Because, because you're, I mean, you're in this business to make money, right? So it's not, no, that's, that should be your number one requirement. And obviously it, it all depends on how leveraged you are, you know? So if you're extremely leveraged and you already have a big team and this is just extra $500 a month, that's pretty easy, right? If you're having to work for it, then that's up to the individual person, right? Mm -hmm. um, obviously you can go on the luxury route of it where you're making a lot more money per night, but your occupancy rate is, is slightly lower. Mm -hmm. Or you can go the middle route um, where you're kind of playing around with um, different levels of occupancy for different levels of money. I've done all three of them. Um, obviously, my favorite is ownership followed by management. And the reason I say that is because on the management side, you're literally in it with no money. Like right. you're investing no money at all. And you're just, you're not covering any of the expenses. So it's really, you get paid for how good you are as a manager and the quality of service that you bring, but your opportunity for scale and growth is, is kind of infinite, right? Because you can literally go up exponentially. Right. But let, let's talk about that for a second. So yeah. how do you implement that? You find somebody that has a unit mm -hmm. and is already doing Airbnb and you just take on the management and make it perform better. Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean that's that would be an easy apple, right? Like that would be an easy, an easy thing to do. Um, the other one that I've done in the past is just educate investors as the opportunity of the money that they're making, right? Because what we're seeing in average is that Airbnb is gonna make two or three times what a long-term rental will make. And then you also have to understand what your benefits are of running an Airbnb, right? And you have to know what would be a common objection from any real estate investor, right? So one of the thoughts is like. They're going to trash my apartment. It's actually not true, right? The ordinary wear and tear of an Airbnb is a lot less of that of a, of a long-term rental. Mm -hmm. People that rent an Airbnb don't usually stay in the house all day long, right? And we check them every time somebody leaves. So we're constantly looking at things, constantly fixing things. So the chances of you having your property ruined is a lot less. I've seen landlords that do 12 month leases that never, the tenant didn't call me, I've never gone to check, right? And then mm -hmm. they get there and there's been a drip somewhere for 12 months and the tenant just never, never buy to tell you, right? That would right. never happen with us, right? Um, and the money, they're making substantially more money. Um, so that's, that's always a great way to do it. I've, I've known uh, real estate agents that have approached clients that have homes are sitting for a long time on the market as given them the opportunity if they already have the furnishing in there and then they already have moved out to a different property or to a different home or to a different state to make some money on the side with that. Uh, but yeah, the main thing is really finding investors that understand, understand the niche and understand the power of it and then helping them as they grow their investment business.
So when you do uh, the property management route, you said 20 to 30 percent. Mm -hmm. mm. But the owner, how much more does the owner get? You'll get like two to three percent, two, two, three X what he will get. Oh, okay, so two to three times after yeah. paying the management fees? No, including the management, including the management yeah. fees. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, so let's talk about the, the, the buy-in route when you buy your own property and then you Airbnb it. Yeah. Um, how do you underwrite it? Because, you know, it's different when you're going to buy something for a flip and when you're going to buy something to hold yeah. uh, versus Airbnb. How do you analyze a deal and decide, decide, yes, this is a good candidate for an Airbnb? Yeah. So it actually has to be a good candidate for a, for a long-term rental, not for an Airbnb. Mm -hmm. So meaning what I mean by that is, is I'll look and, and we can talk about a couple um, softwares and systems that we use to analyze things. Right. But what I do is, is anytime we're analyzing any property, we'll go on AirDNA um, and we'll pull the specific area zip code and kind of get an idea of what does the area bring? What numbers can we make on purely Airbnb? But then when we run it, we run it as a long-term rental, meaning Let's say this, the whole state of Florida goes crazy tomorrow morning and they go like, absolutely no more Airbnbs ever. Can this property cash flow for me? Yes or no. And do you have a minimum cash flow number? For that is a hundred dollars a door. Mm -hmm. on, okay. on, like it's, it's the typical. Same you know, as what yeah. I do, you know, a yeah, minimum a hundred dollars when I buy yeah. it. Yeah. Same as a long-term, long-term investor, right? Like the, those, those rules are kind of universal and it's easy math, right? If I can make that cover all my stuff, I am, I'm good. Obviously if I can make more, that's great, but right. if not, it is what so it I is. So I do a hundred dollars when I buy it. Yeah. And then I know that I have more potential to, to make it better. You yeah, know, if correct. I improve it, raise the rents or whatever, but correct. to me it has to at least make a hundred dollars for my buy, buy and hold yeah. per door. Exactly. Yeah. So knowing, knowing that, then I, I know what I'm getting myself into. And then all the, all the icing, on top of the cake is on the Airbnb side, right? So right. it's like, okay, how much money can we really make on the Airbnb side? But I run it always because you don't know, right? You don't know if you're going to get tired of the industry. You don't know if this industry is for you or not. So you have to really make sure that you're running it as a long-term rental, just in case you want options. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, that's something that I see a lot of new investors um, that they don't consider this and they're like, oh, but the numbers are amazing. I can pay more. And I'm always very, very cautious about that. Like what, you know, like at the beginning of COVID, like you couldn't rent anything because they told you you couldn't. So yeah. then you have the, your units for, you know, a month empty. And if you don't have the reserves, then that could really, really hit you. So, yeah. you know, in your case, I know that you were able to rent some of them long-term to mm -hmm. weather until you could, yeah. you know, do it. But but that has always been my strategy, right? So on 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 a portfolio. So my personal portfolio is is thirty nine units, and then we have management with other other properties. But on my own personal portfolio, the way that I've always done is I keep about ten to fifteen units are usually longer term rentals, meaning they're still furnished vacation rentals but they're the same style of what my mom did when she originally came. So there are people that go to the tennis academy and need a place to stay for eight to nine months. They're paying slightly higher than market. They're paying about five, $600 higher than market rate because we're including the utilities, the Wi-Fi, the cable and all, and, and all the furnishings. But I know that my, my main chunk of my mortgage 
payment comes from comes from there right awesome yeah. right so that you are kind of uh diversifying within your portfolio right you have some Correct. short short term and then you have some longer term that way you can balance it. if one doesn't go that well then you have the other side Correct. And also because I have my, my, it's knowing, it's knowing what your needs are, right? So I know that I can have a lot of fun if I have all 40 units short term, but then, but then I have a lot more anxiety <laughs> in my life, right? So right. to me now it's worth to be, to be, I have a good amount of units, right? Because I'm still keeping like 25, 30 units based on the time of the year. On the short-term side so we're still pushing a lot of units short terms but then i also know and it helps me pivot really quickly like COVID happened right like my i bounce back within a month right like the first month happens by the end of the first month we had two three four month bookings for a lot of the units so we dropped to like 50 percent occupancy and then we bounced right back up to like 60 and now we're back over 80. Wow. right so it was a quick kind of kind of bounce um and that kind of trails into another big topic that I love talking about when it comes to vacation rental is people understanding how to be successful with it is understanding exactly the traveler like the benefit of vacation rentals is that you can appeal to more than one group of people right so when you're buying a normal property you really have one person in mind is the person is the family is going to come and rent it with us you have so many people that want to use vacation rentals right so you have the you have the vacationers, which is which is the obvious one, right? But then you have all the corporate relocation people. You have all the medical people. And the medical people are not just limited to traveling nurses and traveling doctors, but also the families, right? You have a lot of families that have either sickness in their family or they need to come for treatment or they need to do something, right? Um, you have academics, right? So whenever, if you're near a big university, a little bit less now, but you have teachers and professors coming into town, but then you also have the parents, you have the games, you have everything else going on. Um, you have big life events. So people that come into town for weddings, funeral, bar mitzvahs, birthdays, and a lot of the time if it's birthdays or family, family reunion, they'll come into town every year, right? I have a family that's been coming to us every winter for nine years. They come every winter, they rent four apartments, the whole family came. And it was almost a shock not to see them this year, right? It was the first year in nine years that we didn't see them. And they called us and were like, I'm sorry. Like the dad called me. It's like, I'm, it feels weird not being there, right? It's the mm -hmm. first year that we don't get to see our daughters in nine years. And we always see them with you guys. Um, entertainment, obviously, still a little less people now. But it's a huge reason people come and travel. Concert, football games, and everything else. Um, military, obviously, mm -hmm. if you're near a base is the family coming to visit. But a lot of the times the military comes back from deployment and they don't have housing for them immediately, right? So there's so many different and there's more and more and more. Um, there's a total of nine altogether. But what we tell people all the time is if you can cater yourself to four to five different avatars of travelers, you're going to guarantee yourself more and more success in this industry because you're not catering to one person right one group of traveler and that's how we survived um a lot when it came to covid because we are catered to so many of these nine groups that somebody was always coming 
Right. All right. So let me ask you about now when, when it comes to picking the location or picking the property to do Airbnb, mm -hmm. what are the three or five things that the place must have for to be a successful Airbnb? Mm. So I'll speak specifically to our market here in Boca mm -hmm. or like South Florida. Boca doesn't, doesn't allow vacation rentals, so don't quote me there. But um, obviously, if you want to go on the single family route, right? You're going to look at the three bedroom has to have a pool and you have to have some kind of, and I call it the vibe, right? That has to be a vibe to the house. Because obviously you want to put yourself in the, in the shoes of whoever your guest is going to be. So chances are, if people are coming to Florida, they're coming for the sunshine. They want to tan outside. They want to have family time outside and family time inside, right? So they want to have dinners together, they want to watch movies together, right? So it's like, does the property have all of those things going for it? Obviously, you want to look at the area. And the way I describe the area is if you drive to it and it's not you, but it's your wife that's driving to it with her friends for a bridal shower, bachelorette party, would they feel comfortable? Like, do they feel comfortable driving in? And that's a very easy indicator, even to a typical hard-ass investor, it's something that's easily understood. It's like, okay, would you send your wife here? Would mm -hmm. your wife feel comfortable pulling yeah, up that's, here? Yeah, that's exact. That's one of my requirements. If I cannot drive to the property with my kids, then it's yeah. not a property for me. Exactly. That's, that's another great one, right? Like, it's like, do you want to have your kids there, right? And then seeing, kind of going back to the nine traveler kind of profiles, how many people can you cater to in that area, right? So we're in West Boca, we have the tennis academy, perfect one. We have the hospital, two, right? We have a lot of like education. We have FAU, we have Lynn, three, right? And so it's like, okay, how many travelers profile can this property service? That's going to guarantee you more than anything else, how successful you're going to be with the rental. Um, and then it's really quality, right? So quality in, quality out. Um, it's a big thing that I always tell people because it's, it's an upgrade in the thinking of the typical landlord that you're not trying to fix things as cheap as possible, that you're not trying to kind of push it, right? We have a thing as, as long-term investors, right? It's like, can we push it? Can we push it? Can we fix it for a little bit and then push it forward? Um, you're in hospitality now, right? It's, it's a completely different hat and it's a completely different way of handling clients um, and handling renovations. Right. So this is a business that you don't want to wait until it has to be fixed. You want to fix it before it happens mm -hmm. because your livelihood depends on on your reviews. So obviously, if you're confident that you're great at fixing things. Maybe you play you play that game, but that's a very dangerous game to play because the one time that you can fix something in a timely manner, you might mess up your entire review rankings for something that you knew was a problem and you chose not to fix it. Absolutely. All right. So, you know, in terms of specifically of COVID, what yeah. type of changes have you seen or have you, what have you had to implement that was different from before? Yeah. So um, obviously cleaning, cleaning procedures and cleaning, cleaning mindset too, right? Like people want to feel that the place is clean. Uh, people want to have an idea of what kind of cleaning was done. So we have raised all of our standards around cleaning, but we've also 
started leaving a little, a little, a little document that says, Hey, this is everything that was done to your unit. Everything that was sanitized, everything that was clean. This is all the procedures that we took to, to, to clean it. The next thing has been a big change in the psychology of the traveler. And what I mean by that is how far in advance do people actually make reservations? I used to have seasons. So for, for those of you that are not from Florida, our season, I would consider from like after Thanksgiving to after Passover. So from November through April, I would have seasons that the months of January, February, and March would book a year in advance. So usually in a normal year, by the end of this month, I was 100% full for the month of February next year. And people would leave 20% deposits. Those deposits, $400 out of those 20% deposit was non-refundable. And then that deposit went hard at 90 days. And then their balance was due 90 days before they got here. And then once they canceled, it was zero, zero refund. That's no longer a thing, right? Like I can't do that anymore, right? So now it's very much bookings that come last minute. So we're, we're seeing bookings that are like two, three days to maybe a week or two in advance. Um, whereas before we're like months and months in advance. And then people are super, um, super concerned about leaving deposits and, and how much you're going to get back of it. And so you really have to be flexible in the sense of like how you take payments and, and what you require and what your cancellation policy is. Because you can be super strict, that's absolutely in your right to be, but then you're adding roadblocks between you and the traveler. Right, they have other options where they don't have that many roadblocks, right? That's correct. And they'll go with less roadblocks. And, and, and especially if you're competing with hotels, that's one of the things- You can the cancel hotel, the day off, you know, in a hotel. That's one of the things that hotel can afford to do just because of the number of rooms that you necessarily can't as an Airbnb operator. So you're like, okay, how, how do you do this, you know? Wow. All right. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So, you know, one question that is itching, what yeah. is the weirdest thing that you have found after people stayed in your Airbnb? <laughs> yeah. So I, um, I've been really fortunate, me, myself personally, um, has never been anything super, super strange. I've had people that just had very low level of like hygiene. Um, so just the place was really dirty. Um, we had one that was kind of strange. It's a family that rented two cars. They stayed with us for a month and they kept one of the cars always parked in front of the unit and they would leave with the other car. Uh, and when they left, we found a ton of diapers, like dirty diapers underneath where the old the other car was. So they were changing the baby in the car and then instead of throwing the diaper in the garbage, they would just throw it underneath the car. <laughs> and so when they left, there were like 20, 30 diapers Ew. on the floor next to that car, um, half eaten pizza under the beds, um, all type of things. Um, I'll share a story that my co-host Mike has gone through uh, that was a... Um, pretty much like a pimp uh-huh so somebody rented their house and they were just having people come in and out all night oh wow and they got busted down um so and then the, the occasion like the usual horror stories that you hear with parties um but that can all be prevented right that can be prevented with the questions you ask when you're screening tenants uh there is technology out there uh one great one is called noise aware and it's a little system that you can plug in into the wall 
it records um, sound levels. So you can set it at a certain threshold and it will notify you as soon as the, the noise gets louder. Um, so that's that there's a lot of little things that you can do. A big thing is just how you ask questions and just kind of getting smart as, okay, are you getting a two night booking on a Friday and Saturday night on an account that looks brand new, has no reviews and they're from Boca, right? You're like, right. okay, that's a they're little local. weird, right? Yeah. yeah. And you have a four bedroom house with a pool by the beach, right? You're like, okay, that yeah. I might have to ask some extra questions, right? And the and the thing that happens is it's you you can be afraid to ask questions if you're going to get into this industry because you have to protect your investment mm-hmm. for the property that you manage. And then and the beauty is that people that want to be up to no good, they don't want to answer questions. So they'll automatically just kind of go away because mm-hmm. they're like, Ugh, this lady's complicated, right? This lady keeps asking me questions. Right. I don't want to deal with this. But ultimately, you also have deposits, right? Yes. And yeah, how, how, how are they handled when something, you know, when they break something or where they, you know, they leave the place dirty? So Airbnb has a policy as an insurance policy on the, on the rentals. Um, the one thing that is very important for you to understand about that is that you have to be absolutely meticulous as to how you document everything. So how you document the status and the condition of your property before and after they came and you have to submit, you have to submit the claim before the next traveler checks in. Hmm. So it gets kind of tricky because if you have a 24 hour turnover, you need to submit before the next traveler checks in or you have to document and let Airbnb know, hey, this happens, these are the pictures, this is what's going on. We have a next person coming in we're going to be submitting a claim after these people leave because we don't have enough time. And then just really staying on top of things because Airbnb has the policy, but obviously they are all vacation rental platforms. They are traveler friendly, not host, host friendly. friendly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cause their goal is the travel. Like they'll get hosts, but their main priority is, is their own. Is, is the travelers because the travelers are who spreads the world, who talks about it and everything else. So right. they are very, very heavy towards, towards the traveler. That's why I recommend if you're going to do this and you have more than one property, definitely invest in a direct booking site and have your own systems to take reservations because that gives you control back. Wow. Oh, excellent. That's a great idea. Yeah. All right. This was so good. So much info about Airbnb. And I think a lot of people are looking into it. Yeah. Uh, Productivity hack. So now let's talk about your productivity hack. That yes. What is that one thing that you have implemented in your business that has taken you to the next level? Yeah. So um, I'll answer that into two parts into a personal aspect of it and then a business aspect of it. The business aspect is really narrowing down what your unique ability is and really staying within the unique ability and leveraging out everything else. I'm very fortunate that in my, in my investment business, I have a business partner, John, that you had on this podcast as well. And, and his unique abilities and mine are very different. So we work very well together and it's also letting go of the vine, right? Like once you're in a partnership, if you trust the other person, 
let go of it. And that's going to be the best productivity hack because you're going to worry about what you're good about and what you can maximize on. Mm -hmm. Um, On a personal level, and this may not sound like the productivity hack, but it's just continuously flex that muscle that makes you do things that you don't want to do. Right. And it's a continuous thing because it applies to everything. Right. And me and Annette are doing 75 hard now. I'm talking about those kind of things, right? Like getting, getting the muscle to work out two times a day, not drink for a month, not drink for two months, uh, making your bed every morning, right? It's, it's all these little things that you've always heard. And the reason why you need to do them is because they build a muscle and they build the confidence in who you, the listener, Annette, me, what are we actually capable of doing, right? And, and building that word with yourself is the greatest hack that you can do because then you you have the confidence to do whatever it is that you want to do. And I apologize if you if you can hear my bulldog snoring under the bed. <laughs> no, I cannot she, hear it. Yeah, but but you're snores. so right. You're yeah, so right. Snoring underneath the <laughs> underneath the desk. Um, but it's it's that right. Is is this that's all we need because everybody's capable of everything. But it doesn't matter if I tell you, it doesn't matter if Annette tells you, it doesn't matter if your mama tells you, you know what I mean? Until you embody it and until you have on your own skin that proof of concept of like, I don't remember the last time I went 75 days without without eating a pizza, right? And this is now the second time that I do it in like less than a year, right? 75 days without drinking, right? Having a beer. And you also realize that all this persona that you are and all these things that you're like, this is so hard for me. I would never do that. It's it's all a role. Like you're just playing. You're just playing yourself into this persona that you've decided you are. But if you don't like it, daily hard effort. Re- rewire it. Rewrite it. Be be who you want to be. Yeah, and you're so right. Like I I thought about it. Like I'm gonna try it, but I'm I'm not sure I can do it. And now, you know, I'm on the. I think 30th day I had to stop and start over because I got like a little surgery and I didn't know I couldn't exercise. So I had to start over, you know, but now, I mean, it is time consuming, but it's not that hard. Like, I I don't think it's that hard. It's just like, if your mind is there, you Mm -hmm. can do it, you know, but it helps you get, you know, get uncomfortable, right? Like if you're too comfortable, you are not progressing. You know, Mm -hmm. my friend always says that. All right, cool. Expert tips. So now we're in the part of the show where you're going to give me three expert tips. And Emmanuel okay. is going to give us three expert tips on how to get good reviews for Airbnb. Yeah. So number one, it's cleaning, right? It's It sounds simple, but cleaning and having a good cleaning team and have a good cleaning procedure, it's, it's going to be the backbone of your business. And the way I describe it to people as I train my team is you clean this place like your mom is going to stay here. <laughs> right and it's like how well would you clean for mom right like it's, it's how good or for grandma right and it's really understanding that like that that is going to be the number one thing that people people can smell it as soon as you walk in right like think about all the times you've gone to a hotel you realize if the place is clean as soon as you walk in and what happens if you don't feel like it's clean you start looking mm-hmm. you start looking at evidence as to why the place is not clean and then that you never get a good review from there right? Because you're always going to be like, 
everything is dirty, my feet are itching, there's probably bugs in here. Like you just get in your head and you just go absolutely crazy. Right. Number two, absolute must for getting great reviews is having great communication. And that's continuous communication, whatever or not the guest is answering you or not, right? And what I mean by that is there is great softwares out there. One of my favorite ones called Smart BNB. And what Smart BNB allows you to do is allows you to automize, automate all of your messages. So that is people make a reservation inquiry. They get an automatic response. Hey, thank you so much for your inquiry. The place is, is ready now. It's, it's, it's open. We're, we're going to review your request and send your booking. But then after we send it, we send them a pre-check-in instruction email, a day of arrival email, a day after arrival email, right? Hey, how are you doing? A couple of days before leaving, leaving email, couple of days after the left email. Hey, we really enjoy staying. It's very important for, for us that you had a great experience. Let us know if there's anything we could have done better. Our business depends on five-star reviews. Please leave us one if you have a chance. But that, please leave us a five-star review if you have a chance. That message is embedded throughout all the communications. Mm -hmm. So you're training them and making them understand, I want to give you a great quality service. Tell me what I have to do while you're with us so we can clear ourselves that you, that you have it. And the third tip is, is the extra touch. And what I mean by that is embrace the fact that you're in hospitality and take a responsibility for what it means for somebody to choose your property and really take pride in it. A lot of the times people spend a lot of money to come on vacation or they've been waiting for a very long time. And so if you, if you treat them with care and you treat them and you make them understand that you appreciate and understand how, how, much is, how much this vacation is worth, right? How much it costs them to come here, the choice that they made with you, and you trickle that down to your entire team as to that is your, their responsibility to make sure that we're providing something that is, will make our mom proud because it's clean. We're great at communicating and then we love being part of their experience. That's what's going to make you successful in, in our business. Awesome. All right. Those are three expert tips from Emmanuel. Uh, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing this amazing information. For people that don't know, where can they find you online? Yeah. So, I mean, Instagram is probably the best is E Pani, which is my last name, P-A-N-I dot real estate. Um, it is the same everywhere else. And then mm -hmm. on Facebook, it's Emmanuel Pani. Um, the podcast, one more time, that's called SDR Secrets. Um, we have a podcast and a mastermind. And then our investment business is Domu Investments. That's also on Instagram. That's D-O-M-U Investments with the S. Um, and there we just kind of share education, share our deals, share what we're doing. We share, um, how we analyze deals, multifamily deals and, uh, yeah. And your uh, meetup, when is your meetup? Our meetup is this first, second, second Saturday of every month in, uh, at GZ coffee in Delray beach for our local folks. Or if you go on our Instagram, we are actually doing it on zoom as well. Uh, so you can just come and join us on zoom. Awesome. 
thank you so much, my friend. And if my you pleasure. are enjoying this episode, make sure to subscribe to our channel and to like and share it, the, this episode. And if you like to uh, connect with other people, uh, other investors, you can join my Facebook group, Real Estate Deal Closers Facebook group. Thank you so much. This was Real Estate Deal Closers with Annette Talee, brought to you by Talee Investments. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Our goal is to provide amazing value on your real estate journey. Connect online at www.taleeinvestments.com, where you can find this episode and more. Did you like this episode? Subscribe, like, and share.